Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. Oh, there's peaceful protesters, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to respect the peaceful protesters. We respect the peaceful protesters under our Constitution, the First Amendment. No, they don't. No, they don't. They hated the Tea Party and they trashed it. You had millions of Americans on lockdown. The media were thrilled. The Democrat governors were abusing their authority. The Democrat mayors were abusing their authority. People on lockdown... And so when people were civilly protesting, they were mocked, they were ridiculed, they were called dangerous. Many were arrested, their businesses shut down, their electricity shut off, their water shut off. That's what existed three, four, five weeks ago. They don't support peaceful protests. Now, in the middle of these riots, this insurrection against this country, The absolute attack on our police forces. We're supposed to just flip the script. Oh, look at the peaceful marchers. If you're marching peacefully and you know Antifa and others are joining your ranks and using you as pawns to burn buildings, to shoot people, to brutalize people, then why are you peacefully marching? And what the hell are you peacefully marching about? They keep talking about systemic racism. These are Democrat cities with Democrat governors and Democrat city councils and Democrat prosecutors. Many of them are elected African Americans in these cities. What are they talking about? There's systemic racism. Exactly where? In our universities? In our courtrooms? In sports? In entertainment? Where is it? Well, police brutality. We must deal with police brutality. We do deal with police brutality. This cop who killed Mr. Floyd has been charged with murder. Now, whether it stays at third or second or first, I have no idea. But he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison if he's convicted. The rest of his life. And trust me when I tell you he's going to have a scarlet letter in his forehead in any prison. That's why he's in solitary confinement right now under suicide watch. But there's an insistence by the left, by the media, by the Democrats and others 
that this reflects America. No, it doesn't reflect America. It absolutely does not reflect America. Because America was united in its repulsion. But that doesn't matter anymore. And so what's happened is the left has grabbed the narrative. The media, the Democrat part. Have you noticed how silent the Democrats are about the violence and the arson and the looting and the mayhem? About the shootings? About the beatings? Tell me, who has spoken out forcefully among the national Democrats? Has Biden? No. Barely mentions it in passing. Schumer and Pelosi? Still no. And Schumer's city's burning. Can you name one leading Democrat senator, one leading Democrat congressman? Can you name one leading Democrat who wanted to be president of the United States, who has forcefully, passionately condemned the looting, the arson, the beatings, and the killings? Not one. In fact, what I've noticed here where I live and listening to some others and reading Obama's statement is, at the very end they said, no, go out and vote. Is there some kinship or something between the rioters and the Democrat Party that they can't condemn them? Do the Democrats think this is a political opportunity that they're going to exploit? How about the media? The media treats one kind of protester one way and another kind of quote-unquote protester another way. You can be certain if these riots and this mayhem could somehow be pinned pinned to Republicans or people who had legitimate beefs about their businesses being destroyed and so forth and so on, that the media and the Democrats would be full-throated in attack, and they should be, but now they're silent. In fact, it's worse. When you watch the media, they're either endorsing this, they're excusing this, or they're silent. What is this? It's called domestic terrorism. The people in these neighborhoods are being terrorized. There's wanton violence. Wanton violence. Our police are under attack. There is a war now against our cops. And guess what? If the cops don't show up for work, then what? They don't have to put up with this crap either. Our laws are under attack. Our cities are under attack. Democrat cities. Our fellow citizens are under attack, regardless of race. They're under attack. People are being pulled from their vehicles and beaten to a pulp. People are trying to protect their properties, are beaten within one inch of their lives. I hear Joe Biden is going to be attending George Floyd's funeral for the media out there that attacked the president of the United States. That is their default position. That's their default position. They deflect on the Trump. Not the failure of these mayors. Not the failure of these governors. And more into this in a moment about the photo op they say the president had. Tell me, Joe Biden's attending a funeral 
the funeral for George Floyd. Is that a photo op? Oh, don't say that. No, no, no. Only Trump does photo ops. And tell me, tell me, uh, Biden campaign and media and Democrat Party, I'll give you the list of others who've been murdered now since the beginning of these riots. Murdered! Shot in the head! Dragged from their cars! Will Joe Biden be attending their funerals? No, no, because we don't really believe in equality. Apparently, he believes in exploitation. That's right. That's right. I've got clip after clip after clip of Democrats excusing this violence, spinning this violence. Media people, same thing. It's absolutely disgusting. But you need to remind yourselves that the American media and the National Democrat Party are not having a real problem with these riots. They think it's a learning moment to advance their left-wing agenda, to advance their socialist economic policies, to eviscerate law enforcement. To fundamentally transform America. This is their moment. They thought it was the coronavirus. They thought it was Russia. No, this is their moment. Riots and arson. These communities are devastated. They're never going to come back. And I'll talk about that a little later too. But Joe Biden... It's very selective about the funerals he's going to attend. Photo ops, the media would call them, right? Photo ops? Don't say that, Mark. Joe Biden doesn't do photo ops. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking for the clip, Mr. Producer, of the poor woman whose sister was murdered. Folks, I want you to listen to this. This is Jasmine Kelly. She's the sister of Italia Marie Kelly who was killed by a protester. By a protester. You support protests, don't you? Of course. Of course, you support the peaceful. Just look at what's going on. Don't they look peaceful? Oh, it's so peaceful. Young people, wow. Young people, it's so peaceful. Except when the lights go out. Then the violence takes over. Then a whole other group comes in. Yeah, got it. I want you to listen to this woman. Joe Biden doesn't know who Nicole Hannah-Jones, excuse me, who Jasmine Kelly is. She doesn't know Italia Marie Kelly, who was killed in cold blood. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. His campaign doesn't care. The GD media doesn't care. None of them care. Because in effect, when you're silent about this, You're not aggressively, every moment, condemning it, then you stand with it. This is an injustice. We're all the justice heroes out there. We're all the civil rights leaders out there. Do you like the fact that these black communities are being burned? Where the hell are you? Where are all the great billionaire sports figures? Where are they? Hollywood. You better believe they've left their mansions in Beverly Hills and so forth and took off for other, other environments. There's no question about that. 
Jasmine Kelly, whose sister was murdered in cold blood by, quote-unquote, a protester yesterday in Iowa. Cut 13, go. I hope y'all know what the f*** you did. (laughs) My sister is gone, and it's not from a cop. It wasn't from no f***ing cop. I don't get on live, and I don't care about this Facebook s***. But my sister is gone because one of you, a protester, shot my sister. A protester, not even the police, because you guys, I lost my sister. I lost my sister because you, you, you're so mad at the police. You're hurting everyone else. You're so mad at the police. You guys killed my sister. For those who don't know, it wasn't the police who shot my sister. And she's not going to be heard at CNN or MSNBC or by the New York Times or the Washington Post or virtually any newsroom in America because she doesn't fit the narrative. She's a minority. Her sister was there at the protest. And her sister was killed, murdered. It's under investigation as they try and find out who the perpetrator is. We have now, right now, systemic anarchy, which is supported by the Democrat Party, the National Democrat Party. I won't say the local and state parties, but definitely the National Democrat Party. Because you can't name a single Democrat senator or congressman who has been relentlessly speaking out aggressively against this domestic terrorism on any cable channel, on any network channel, or anywhere else. They don't want to talk about it, or they excuse it, or they absolutely are so mentally ill, they blame it on the President of the United States. You haven't heard Kamala Harris condemn this? You haven't heard Elizabeth Warren. You haven't heard Bernie Sanders. Now let me tell you a little secret. For the most part, these are not Republican communities. For the most part, these are not white communities. These are not Republican mayors or Republican city councils or Republican governors, for the most part. And yet it turns my stomach to see what's happening to this country. And I'm supposed to sit here and say, it's systemic racism among cops. They don't have any data whatsoever to support that. And the data is kept by the federal government. And I'll get into that next hour. But data and facts do not matter when you're up against a mob. There's no allegation that the ex-police officer who did this isn't going to be punished. It's just a question of now what level of punishment. So that was never an issue. So we're supposed to hate America. We're supposed to hate law enforcement. We're supposed to hate Trump. And we're supposed to vote Democrat. That'll fix it. Didn't that fix it, Minneapolis? Didn't that fix it, New York City? 
Didn't that fix at Los Angeles? Didn't that fix at Philadelphia? Didn't that fix at Chicago? Because you already vote Democrat. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I want you to listen to again about the peaceful protests. You know, they're peaceful. It's just these other people come in and they cause trouble and so it's the cops we have to fear. The cops. It's the cops who are killing the people. Once again, I'm going to ask, will Joe Biden be attending the funeral? Of Italian Marie Kelly. Does he even know who Italian Marie Kelly is? He doesn't have the foggiest idea. And he can give a damn. There's nothing in it for Joe Biden. And there's nothing in it for the media. Her sister Jasmine Kelly. Go ahead. I hope y'all know what the f*** you did. <laughs> My sister is gone. And it's not from a cop. It wasn't from no f***ing cop. I don't get on live. And I don't care about this Facebook sh- but my sister is gone because one of you, a protester, shot my sister. A protester, not even the police, because you guys, I lost my sister. I lost my sister because you, you, you're so mad at the police. You're hurting everyone else. You're so mad at the police. You guys killed my sister. For those who don't know, it wasn't the police who shot my sister. I can't even speak. We'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com. 
Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. The uh, police departments across this country are more diverse than ever before. More minorities, more women than ever before. More minority police chiefs and deputy chiefs than ever before in our history. In study after study, look whether you look at the FBI statistics or other statistics, demonstrate that there is not a system of targeted racism. And we'll discuss that in more detail next hour. I know it doesn't matter to anybody. It doesn't matter to anybody. The narrative is out there. But I do what I do as best as I can. One of the things, of course, the Democrat media are not talking about, in addition to giving cover to the riots and spending as much time trashing our president as they do the people who are looting, burning, maiming, and killing, is the damage that is being done to these communities, which will never recover. Pointed out in the Star Tribune, As fire and riots raged around Lake Hiawatha last week, several employees of an African Indian nonprofit called McGizzy stayed behind to guard their building. They wrote Native Youth Center on the window to discourage attacks. Members of the American Indian movement came to help, but rioters set fire to the block anyway. The inferno forced out the building's protectors by around 3.30 on Friday morning. When the nonprofit's executive director, Kelly Drummer, returned to the scene, A few hours later, saw the destruction before she said, I knelt down and I just cried. The riots and arson that followed protests of George Floyd's death have devastated organizations and businesses that serve communities of color. This is the Star Tribune. Destruction from the South Side's Lake Street to West Broadway Avenue in North Minneapolis has hit immigrant and minority-owned businesses already struggling amid the pandemic-induced shutdown. Now, ethnically diverse neighborhoods are grappling with the loss of jobs, services, and investments. Now, who's going to go back in here and invest in anything? Nobody. And that's the problem. The neighborhood's now dead. Quote, people right now are going to want to stay away from Lake Street, and that is understandable, said Ricardo Hernandez, who owns an ice cream shop there called... Uh, I can't pronounce it. Workers gave away free popsicles over the weekend after the shop lost power in the riots. He said, it's very hard to see your whole life savings go down like this. We used up all our money to build something nice for not just the Latino community, but everybody. Although the shop had only minor damage from vandals, he expects a loss of business as many nearby establishments burned and the area remains under threat. His 20 employees, all Latino, are out of work until the neighborhood returns to normal. It's not going to return to normal. These burned out buildings are going to remain burned out for a decade or two. That's the history of these things. On the same block, immigrant Luis Tame saved for more than a decade to open his Ecuadorian restaurant seven years ago. His specialty was a soup called enchabalado. Tammy guarded his lifelong dream the first few nights of the riots, but stayed home on Friday night to abide by the curfew, assuming that he had nothing to fear with the National Guard in town. He was aghast to see Facebook videos showing his restaurant in flames, and even more so when he called 911 
for help in vain. By the time Tamei got to his restaurant Saturday morning, it was burned to the ground, along with establishments on both sides. He didn't have insurance, he said, because quotes for the neighborhood were too high. The father, too, was already working hard to pay his employees and other bills. There's the freezer right there. The kitchen was there, Tammy said, pointing as he climbed the pile of rubble. 17 years of work, gone. A building owned by a Latina entrepreneur, Maya Santa Maria, also burned down. And with it, the Spanish-language radio station, La Raza. She said small minority business owners found themselves with the businesses that they had worked their fingers to the bone building, destroyed, looted, vandalized, burned down. Some had no insurance. Others have no resources, she said. The media don't care. They excuse the violence. They talk about generalities, systemic racism. And they attack the President of the United States. This is the three talking points on CNN and MSNBC and throughout the Democrat Party media. Jeff Lucer emphasized that the protesters, as he boarded up his West Broadway barbershop, were looters, had broken in and stole some of his supplies. His other barbershop on Lake Street burned down amid the riots. He said his insurance should cover the losses and that people have a right to be angry and the protests are a way to get their point across. As a black man, he said he's fed up with police too. But even though it hurt my businesses, he said, I understand. As unrest grew last week, Ariel Crawford noticed the some establishments on Lake Street highlighted the fact that they were owned by people of color in hopes of warding off attacks. The Himalayan restaurant across the way had posted minority-owned business. And AM Disaster Services nearby posted signs that said black-owned. Why does that make it better, by the way? Crawford's family lived on 29th Avenue behind O'Reilly Auto Parts, which was tagged with graffiti and burglarized. He feared if arsonists set fire to the building, it would quickly engulf his family home a few feet away. So he picked up a can of spray paint left by vandals and wrote... Please don't burn. Black home next door. Thanks. I saw the minority-owned business signs going up and thought, if that's what it takes to get people not to burn stuff down, then that's what it takes. His father, Ken Crawford, stood guard at O'Reilly for days as rioters with golf clubs, baseball bats, and tire irons trawled the neighborhood. He said he told them that if they set the building on fire, he had a gun and he wasn't afraid to use it. The antagonists were racially mixed at first, he said, but were nearly all white by Thursday night as protesters took over the third police precinct. This is Antifa. What troubled him and his family most, according to wife Nina Sabata, was that many of the troublemakers appeared to be outsiders. Quote, and by the way, Andrea Mitchell and Don Lemon and the others are dismissing this. Oh, Antifa, what's Antifa? It must be white supremacists. I don't want people from different neighborhoods coming to tear up my stuff. This is all we've got, said Ken Crawford, scanning the lot behind his house, which was littered with cub food shopping carts that had been dumped by looters. Now the whole community's suffering. Back at the 43-year-old nonprofit McGizzy, which supports American Indian youth, 
Drummer recalled how she had helped raise $2 million to move into the new building on 27th Avenue South last summer. The restaurant, Gandhi Mahal, a few doors down, sent over food for the grand opening. On Friday, Drummer gazed at the charred McGizzy building as 20 officers formed a phalanx to block off the street and a firefight, and firefighters trained their hoses on the collapsed, smoldering Gandhi Mahal restaurant. Burned to the ground. Minority owned. We're policing ourselves, Drummer said. They didn't care until after the building burned. And it goes on. And studies have shown these buildings don't come back. You have a tremendous police chief in Detroit. He was an L.A. cop doing the Rodney King-related riots there. And he learned a lot. And he knows hoodlums and thugs and mobs. He knows what they're capable of. And he's done a hell of a job protecting Detroit, as have the people of Detroit. One day these riots will be over. It doesn't seem like it. One day they'll be over. But these neighborhoods will be destroyed. And they're not coming back. Not anytime soon. Nobody's going to put money into one of these neighborhoods now. Nobody. Including the people who live there who don't have any. These are the stories you're not seeing on CNN. These are the stories you're not seeing on MSNBC. And there's scores and scores, hundreds and hundreds, if not by now thousands, of stories like this. The New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, newsrooms all over the country just don't give a crap. It's all about politics. All about politics. All about voting Democrat. The Democrat Party national leadership is silent. Biden made passing reference to what was taking place here. Passing reference. And he wants to be president of the United States. All he does is attack the president. Joe Biden was a senator for six terms, I believe. That's 36 years. He was a vice president for eight years. He has spent his entire life in Washington, D.C. He was elected at the age of 29 to the Senate and sworn at the age of 30. And he's never left. And he talks about healing the nation. He talks about reforming law enforcement. This guy was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee in the United States Senate for years. For years. And what did he do? Now he's the great savior. Now he's positioning himself in the face of these riots that have absolutely nothing to do with the president of the United States. He's positioning himself, and I don't understand how the Democrat Party gets away with this, given these are Democrat cities and Democrat states, and they've been one-party rule for decades and decades. How the Democrat Party positions itself as the party of civil rights, as the party of African Americans. Why? Because the Democrat Party supports centralized socialism? You know what we have that's systematic in this country, in these cities? Systematic poverty. Systematic poverty. 
big government, centralized government, socialism doesn't work. You need opportunity. You need people who are excited about getting up in the morning and motivated. You need real education. You need to break the backs of the NEA and the AFT. You've got parents in these communities, way too many single-parent households, but they want their kids to get a good education. Why are the people in these communities portrayed as supporting the rioters? Why are they portrayed as rioters at all? The vast majority of people who live in these neighborhoods are stuck in these neighborhoods. You think they want buildings burning all around them? You think they like these thugs? These are criminals. Innocent people don't like criminals. Even poor black people, they don't like criminals. Can't the left get that through their damn skulls? I don't think they care. Instead, it's all political. As the Democrat Party as a collective at the national level, essentially sits silently, or worse, excuses this. Oh, but the president's tweeting. Do you think these rioters are reading the president's tweeting, for God's sakes? That has nothing to do with anything. When you abandon a precinct, a police precinct, they see that. When you don't call in the National Guard soon enough, they see that. When the cops are told not to defend themselves, they see that. When they go wherever they want, steal whatever they want, beat up whomever they want without consequence, they see that. When they can burst, uh, burn police cars, yank people out of their vehicles and beat them to a pulp, they see that. That's what they see. But don't worry. Just elect more Democrats, the Democrats tell us. Right in my own community. The Democrat Party and these left-wing groups organize a protest. And to the very end, they said, make sure you vote. Vote for whom? Well, the Democrats, of course. Because they're our saviors. Just ask Minneapolis and Philadelphia and Chicago and Los Angeles and New York and on and on and on about their saviors. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Over at Breitbart, the great Joe Pollock, rioters defaced glory monument to black Civil War soldiers in Boston. Rioters in Boston defaced the Shaw 54 Regiment Memorial to black soldiers in the Civil War as a Black Lives Matter protest moved through the city on Sunday. The Boston Globe reported memorials in three of the city's major parks were hit with graffiti and vandalism Sunday night after tensions mounted between demonstrators and police following a day of mostly peaceful protests. One of those memorials, the Globe noted, was the monument to the 54th. One of the memorials targeted by vandals was the Robert Gould Shaw and the 54th Regiment Memorial, which was unveiled 137 years ago Sunday and depicts a pioneering group of black soldiers marching into battle during the Civil War. The most acclaimed piece of sculpture on Boston Commons is the Robert Gould Show in Massachusetts 54th Regiment Memorial. See, burning, burning down black businesses, brutalizing black streets and communities. This, this isn't about civil rights. This isn't about equality. This isn't about police brutality. This is anarchy. It's an insurrection. That's what it is. Anything in their way has to come down. These rioters have done more damage in these communities to these citizens, to these little small stores than any police force could ever do. And they've created more suffering and more destitution than any police force could ever do. It's incredible. It's incredible. I feel like sometimes this is a surreal experience where I'm stemming, you know, but I'm up in the sky looking down on what's going on. The irrationality. The justification for Domestic terrorism is incredible. More when I return. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, the president is right. So much of the media are, in fact, the enemy of the people. 
I can give you names, I can give you newsrooms. Because even like a time that we're facing now, why are there a couple thousand people protesting in front of the White House? What in the world did President Trump have to do with any of this? Absolutely nothing. Quite the contrary, his administration moved with lightning speed to get the FBI, the Civil Rights Division, the Criminal Division, and federal prosecutors involved in this matter and to provide maximum support to local and state officials. The president has condemned it half a dozen times. The federal government had no role. Nothing took place that this administration was involved in. And this is why the Democrats are all but silent or even celebratory. As perverse as that is. They really believe this is going to sweep them into the White House. And they really believe, and maybe it will. And the media are all over it. They praise Joe Biden's speech today. Joe Biden's speech today was an absurdity. He said many nice things. He talked about reform and civil liberties. But the man's a man of Washington, D.C. He's been in the majority party for many, many decades. He was head of the justice, the uh, Uh, the committee on the judiciary. Kamala Harris, let him have it because of his working with segregationists. All of a sudden, all of that's forgotten. So the Democrat Party, which is responsible for so much of this, but for the media, where they might be held to account, the Democrat Party turns this on the president and the Republicans. Systemic racism in the police force, they say. Who was the attorney general? Eric Holder. Who was the following attorney general? Loretta Lynch, both African Americans. Who was the secretary of Homeland Security? An African American. In other words, Obama and Biden had control of the entire federal government. Apparently they were involved in systemic racism. But nobody even knows what that phrase means. What are they talking about? In the courthouse? Are lawyers systemically racist? Defense counsel systemically racist? Judges systemically racist? Juries systemically racist? Even in majority black communities? What are they talking about? President of the United States yesterday speaks to the American people. The media want him to speak. He's been speaking, but he speaks again. They don't like what he says. Then he walks through Lafayette Park to St. John's Church, holds up his Bible, and they say, that is a photo op, that they use tear gas to clear out the place, that the president doesn't support the First Amendment. He's calling out the military. What a dictator. He's like George Wallace and and Richard Nixon. Why are the Democrats talking this way? I thought they wanted unity. Schumer and Pelosi put out this statement. Across our country, Americans are protesting for an end to the pattern of racial injustice and brutality we saw most recently in the murder of George Floyd. Nancy Pelosi's been in Congress for like 30 years. Same with Schumer. New York City is controlled by the Democrats. 
Yet at a time when our country cries out for unification, no, they're not crying out for unification. Burning the streets, buildings, attacking people is not crying out for unification. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let Pelosi and Schumer get away with that when they try to remove a, a constitutionally elected president. Everything that comes out of their big mouths is about divisiveness. The president is ripping it apart, tear gassing peaceful protesters without provocation, just so that the president composed for photos outside a church dishonors every value that faith teaches us. Not a word about the riots. Not a word. We call upon the president, law enforcement, and all entrusted with responsibility to respect the dignity and rights of all Americans. Together, we must insist on the truth that America must do much more to live up to its promise, the promise of liberty and justice for all, which is so many have sacrificed for, from Dr. King to John Lewis to peaceful protesters on the streets today. At this challenging time, our, te- our nation needs real leadership. The president's continuing fanning of the flames of discord, bigotry, and violence is cowardly, weak, and dangerous. You believe this statement? Not one word of criticism for the criminals who are terrorizing the people, most of whom are minorities in these communities. Not one word. It's about Trump and politics all the time. But they're also filthy liars. A statement was put out by the United States Park Police. And Biden repeats the same thing about the president using tear gas to clean out Lafayette Park so we can have a photo app. It's a lie. Right, CNN? Right, New York Times? Statement by the Park Service. The United States Park Service is committed to the peaceful expression of First Amendment rights. But this past weekend's demonstrations at Lafayette Park and across the National Mall included activities that were not part of a peaceful protest, which resulted in injuries to our officers in the line of duty, the destruction of private pro- uh, excuse me, public property, and the defacing of memorials and monuments, including the Lincoln Memorial, including the World War II menor- Memorial, and in Boston, we now learn, including a, a beautiful memorial, to a black regiment that fought in the Civil War, for God's sakes. During four days of demonstrations, 51 members of the United States Park Police were injured. 51. Oh, they're so peaceful. Of those, 11 were transported to the hospital and released. Three were admitted. Multiple agencies assisted the Park Police in responding to it and quelling the acts of destruction and violence over the course of the weekend in order to protect citizens and property. On Monday, June 1, that would be yesterday, the Park Service worked with the U.S. Secret Service to have temporary fencing installed inside Lafayette Park. At approximately 6.33 p.m., violent protesters on 8th Street, which is right on Lafayette Park, began throwing projectiles, including bricks, frozen water bottles, and caustic liquids. The protesters also climbed onto a historic building at the north end of Lafayette Park that was destroyed by arson days prior. Intelligence had revealed calls for violence against the police, and officers found caches of glass bottles, baseball bats, and metal poles hidden along the street. Not one word about this from a leading Democrat. Or the media that continues to lie about this. To curtail the violence... That was underway. The United States Park Police, following established policy, 
issued three warnings over a loudspeaker to alert demonstrators on 8th Street to evacuate the area. Horse-mounted patrols, civil disturbance units, and additional personnel were used to clear the area. As many of the protesters became more combative, continued to throw projectiles, and attempted to grab officers' weapons. Officers then employed the use of smoke canisters and pepper balls. No tear gas was used by the United States Park Police officers or other assisting law enforcement partners to close the area at Lafayette Park. Subsequently, the fence was installed. Throughout the demonstrations, the Park Police has, made, has not made any arrests. The U.S. Park Police will always support peaceful assembly, but cannot tolerate violence to citizens or officers or damage to our nation's resources that we are entrusted to protect. So Pelosi and Schumer lied because they want it to be true that excessive force was used. And they attacked the President of the United States. But he's not the only one. The man who wants to be your president. The man who can barely, barely condemn the rioting, the arson, the murder, the brutality in the streets. Goes to Philadelphia and in part says the following. Cut one, go. When peaceful protesters dispersed in order for a president, a president from the doorstep of the people's house, the White House, using tear gas and flash grenades in order to stage a photo op, a photo op in one of the most historic churches in the country, or at least... All right, let's just stop there. So he's a liar. That's not at all what happened. Not at all. You recall a day or two before, they were mocking the president because the Secret Service took him into the bunker. Which, of course, the Secret Service does whether the president likes it or not. So the threat was so close to the White House, the Secret Service felt they needed to take the president into protection. And over 60 Secret Service agents were injured. And this is how Joe Biden speaks of the event. I can assure you, if Obama and Biden were in the White House, and these were Tea Party activists, or salon owners, or gym owners doing this, There'd be no tolerance for this. None whatsoever. And yet the President of the United States had nothing to do with the George Floyd situation except in the affirmative actions taken to deal with his criminality. And the media say this was a great speech. Biden says the President held up the Bible. Maybe he should open it once in a while. He has no idea if the president opens the Bible or not. I happen to know he does. But it doesn't matter. He's taking shots. But it was a great speech, full of unity, ladies and gentlemen. And then he said this. Cut three. Go. In addition to the Bible, the president might also want to open the U.S. Constitution once in a while. If he did, he'd find a thing called the First Amendment. Look at the demeaning, sarcastic comments that the media find were fantastic. Because you see, they want you to believe the president is not a man of the Bible, a man of faith. They want you to believe the president doesn't believe in the Constitution, that he's dictatorial, that he's only interested in photo ops. This is propaganda by a demagogue and the demagogues in the hate America media. 
the hate America media. Cut four, go. The moment has come for our nation to deal with systemic racism. Why didn't the moment come for our nation to deal with systemic racism during the eight years of his vice presidency? Or the eight years of Obama's presidency. There was an African-American president, an African-American first lady, an African-American attorney general, an African-American secretary of Homeland Security. Why didn't they? Why didn't Joe Biden deal with it during the 36 years he was a United States senator? Cut at five, go. Donald Trump has turned this country into a battlefield riven by old resentments and fresh fears. No, he hasn't. So look, because it is done by sleight of hand with media support. They've now turned the killing of George Floyd, the riots in the streets, into a Donald Trump issue. And no matter what Donald Trump does, if he doesn't speak, he should speak. If he speaks, he shouldn't speak. If the Secret Service takes him to the bunker, he's a coward. If he gets up and he walks through Lafayette Park and holds up a Bible in front of the church that was burned, then he's a demagogue who ought to read the Bible. The media in this country are the enemy of the people. Look at what's going on around you and look how they report. The Democrats have turned this country into a battlefield, to quote Biden. The Democrats have turned this country into a battlefield, race against race, economic class against economic class. This is how they talk. This is what they believe. And they expect people who have suffered under the reign of Democrat rule in city after city and state after state to vote for them and to come out in mass numbers if they can make Trump the issue. If they can make the Republican Party the issue. If they can make the cops the issue. And as I said over and over again, notice they're not speaking out against the riots. Pelosi and Schumer. Notice also nobody is pressing the case with them. Nobody asks them. Nobody cares. I don't have enough time, but Dana Bash on CNN praised the Biden speech. This is who Joe Biden is. He is Mr. Empathy. Eddie Glauday Jr., a nasty man on MSNBC, praises the Biden speech. Biden shows empathy in contrast to the callousness of Trump. Don Lamone on CNN after Trump's address yesterday. We're teetering on a dictatorship. Trump is declaring war on Americans, and this man still has a job. It just shows you how irresponsible and unprofessional the media have become. But this minute and a half is worth it, where the media defend and excuse five nights of riots. Hat tip MRC TV. Cut eight. Go. I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. But fires have been started. And, and First thing I want to make perfectly clear, this has been almost entirely peaceful. In fact, completely peaceful. It's been a mostly peaceful protest, but then they chose to move in. Uh, Many of these protests have been largely peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly, mostly peaceful. peaceful. Mostly, mostly peaceful. peaceful. I'm looking at those live pictures next to you, and they seem very peaceful.
peaceful. There are always folks on the fringes of protests that do the things that uh, we don't we don't like. A few people who break a few windows and burn a few cars. They just threw something on fire, Chris, a firecracker. No one should be destructing uh, property and that sort of thing, but I understand the anger. Discount people who are doing things to public property that, that they shouldn't be doing. It does have to be understood that this city has got... Uh, for That's last- enough. It goes on and on. The enemy of the people. In the back pocket of the Democrat Party. They're one and the same. I wrote about it extensively, and it is what it is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You know, the, the divide in the country is more economic than racial. I'm going to show you. Our television propagandists and demagogues, they don't interview the man of the street in these communities. Certainly not on a regular basis. Instead, they get on social media and they want to know what LeBron James has to say. Or they get on social media and they want to know what Steve Kerr has to say. They're not living what's going on in these communities today. Because economically, many of these sports figures, many of these Hollywood figures, white, black, in between, they've left these communities. And they only go back to hand out turkeys or to create a foundation that somebody else runs. And so while they can talk about the riots and the protests and what's taking place. These communities are suffering as a result of the riots and the arson and the looting. They can talk about theory and abstractions all they want, but in these communities, it's real life. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The new 
American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Listen to me very carefully. The law-abiding citizens of this country, all races, all communities. Joe Biden would do absolutely nothing to put down this insurrection. He would do absolutely nothing to protect the people in these neighborhoods. He would do absolutely nothing to disarm and arrest these criminals. Nothing. He will not condemn them in a serious way. He has a throwaway line in his speeches. He's not said what he would do. He will do nothing. He will be like the mayor of Minneapolis early on. But for the entire country. You keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The Democrat Party hasn't provided any prescription whatsoever for handling the violence. Oh, they'll say, you know, let's address systemic police racism. Let's address. Hey, they've been in power a long damn time. They've controlled these cities and these states. They've controlled the police departments. They've controlled the Congress and the presidency. Who are they talking about? What are they talking? I am telling you that they will not put down riots. That's what we know. I am telling you that their cheerleaders in the media will celebrate the riots or spin the riots and bring in guests who will tell us that it's all your fault. The enemy of the people, the media. Now, enemy of the people, yet, yeah, but the lovers of the Democrats. Did you know the average credit card rate is 15%? 15%. You can waste a lot of money if you have a rate that high. So do yourself a favor. Call my friends at American Financing and ask about consolidating that debt into your mortgage. It could mean $1,000 or more in monthly savings, all without restarting your loan term. Now, I like American Financing because their mortgage consultants are in it for you. They're family-owned. They create custom loans centered around your goals. No pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. These are very good people. These are very good people. Family-owned, A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau. They've been helping people like you for 20 years. So give them a call today for a free mortgage review. See just how much you can save, because you can save a lot. You may even be able to postpone two mortgage payments. Their number, 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828, or go online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Daniel Horowitz is one of the smartest scholars Period. Today. He writes for CR, Conservative Review. And he's written a lot. About police and about crime. And I want to ask Daniel Horowitz. You've looked at the data. You've studied the data. The data provided by the federal government. The data provided by the Washington Post and other databases. Is there systemic racism in law enforcement today? Well, Mark... 
basically this riot is driven by the George Floyd uh, killing just as much as Benghazi was driven by the video. There is no underlying uh, systemic racism. Obviously, in this case, there was an expedited indictment. Justice is being served in this case. But this case is largely an aberration. So the Washington Post tracks every single police shooting over the last number of years. The number of shootings overall have gone down. But for last year, there were nine African Americans who were considered unarmed, and they were shot. Nine? Nine. And nine? Nineteen white individuals who were shot. Now, I looked at every one of those nine cases, and they were all ruled as justified. Usually, um, the individual was severely beating either a police partner or a civilian, and they had to step in. Um, remember, they have roughly 375 million interactions every year with the citizenry. And unfortunately, it's disproportionately with African Americans in inner cities, because that's where the crime is. And yet still, we just know of Floyd and Gardner, right? There's two cases that they keep harping on. But what they don't look on at the other side of the ledger are the 7,400 African Americans who are killed every single year by homicide, 90% of whom themselves are African Americans, usually gang members. And the policies that they want to drive... Let's slow down. Let's slow down. I want to underscore this because you're not going to read it in any major newspaper, including the Washington Post that keeps the data. You're telling us, according to the data that the Washington Post keeps, in 2019, there were nine cases where police killed an unarmed African American. And we're not talking about nine cases in which it was considered excessive force or wrongful shooting. It's nine cases, period. Correct? Correct. And zero were considered excessive force. Zero. And 19 cases in the case of white people. Correct? Yes. So a total of 28 cases in 2019 nationwide? Nationwide. That is correct. 28 cases. Now, in 2018, slight, excuse me, 2019, slightly over 7,400 African-Americans were murdered, you said, correct? That is correct. And pretty, 70, that hold, is on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 7,400 in 2019. 90% of those cases, is this also according to the Washington Post data? No, this is the FBI uniform crime statistic. Okay, this is the big, the big database. That in 90% of those cases, it was an African-American murdering an African-American, correct? That is correct. And there's almost no attention paid to this by the culture, by the media, by the mayors, by the governors, by the Democrat Party, by the athletes, nothing. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think these facts, this information is not reported by CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times? Why do you think there isn't a drumbeat getting this information out today? Because only the black lives that could be used as political footballs count and matter to them. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. Because the reality is what they are doing, what they are trying to accomplish with this narrative is to get police to back off even more, to cut sentencing even more, to release even more people from prison. Who does that harm the most? Well, you know, I live outside of Baltimore. They did this in 2015, and the police just backed off. 
we have had record murders every year, almost all of them. All the victims are African-Americans. This is Baltimore. This is Baltimore. If they succeed in what they're doing now, you are going to see this happen in every major city where the police just take a hands-off approach, which is what they want. And guess who will suffer the most, as you've been talking about all, all day long with the businesses destroyed in these communities, but also among the homicide victims. That is the reality. It's the reality of New York City, where they used to have 2,000 homicides every year, majority of them African-Americans. After Giuliani, it plummeted to three to 500 a year. Those are thousands of, of black lives that were saved because of policing that actually deterred criminals. What we have today, or what we're lacking, is deterrence. So we have an entire nation focused on the wrong thing. If you're really concerned about saving black lives, then you need to protect people in these communities. And why do you think, though, that we have these professors who are all over TV and they always show Cornell West and so There's kind of a different agenda in many respects, isn't there? The answer is always to move left and to undermine law enforcement. Isn't that true? You know what's funny? No matter what happens, the answer is the same. So we just got done with a virus. And what does virus have to do with crime? Well, I don't know, but they released 67,000 criminals from jails and prisons nationwide because of the virus. Somehow the solution is always the same to everything. And, um, and again, I mean, you saw even during the lockdowns where you would expect zero crime, every weekend in Chicago there were dozens of shootings, um, fatalities, major cities like Baltimore as well, and again, the overwhelming majority of those victims are African-American. Now, I see these protests. There's a lot of mixed race in the, these protests, a lot of young white people I see too. How come there's no protests after a murderous weekend in Chicago where 12 African-Americans are murdered? Yep, I mean, just this weekend, just this weekend, there were, you know, 92 people shot, several dozen murdered, no protests. No protests, by the way, also over David Dorn and David Underwood, two African-American law enforcement agents who were killed by rioters, presumably, um, over the last few They were murdered. They were murdered. We have not heard about them. Um, You know, George Floyd is a household name now. David Dorn was a 38-year veteran of the St. Louis police. Um, He died defending his friend's pawn shop last night. Uh, Videos of him on the ground there. And no one. I, I want people. To, he was dying on the ground. He wasn't dead yet. He was bleeding out, and people took out their iPhones, took video, and put it on Facebook. Yep. Unfortunately, it's it's there, and and the family could see it. But there's David Dorn, David Underwood, Cody Halt, um, Shay Michelonis from uh, Las Vegas. I know you just uh, mentioned that. I, I, you know, these are names that are never going to be heard. The media, they, they are great at this magic trick of just getting you to focus on whatever they want to focus on in a vacuum as if that portends a broader narrative that one unjustified police action that unfortunately led to a murder somehow is a systemic problem when really the the problem is that crime is not deterred enough and again the the victims most often unfortunately are african-americans and yet you look at what uh... what joe biden is saying Joe Biden does not provide any guidance or prescription for putting down this insurrection. Nothing. 
he talks about systemic racism. Hasn't Joe Biden been in Washington his entire life? Well, not only was he there his entire life, but for most of his life, he was actually to the right of what Trump himself is pushing on crime, um, simply because crime hadn't yet become a political issue. The Congressional Black Caucus understood that criminals were ravaging their neighborhoods more than anywhere else, and he actually joined in bipartisan efforts that led to a 20-year reduction in crime. Now that it's become a political issue that empowers Democrats, now he is pushing policies that are already reversing that 20-year generation-long gain against violent crime. So he's promoting policies that reverse policies he once supported. That is exactly what he's doing today. And he goes out there and he says, the president, his tweets and so forth, he's not uniting the country. I'm looking at these cities burn. Is he living in a different world than I'm living in? Uniting the country. Don't you need to put down the criminals? Don't you need to put down the looting and the arson in these communities? What is he talking about uniting? You know, people like Biden will talk about George H.W. Bush as their quintessential Republican that was so amicable and, and, and was so, uni- so much of a unifier. I mean, H.W. Was, was very solid during the 92 riots. He used the Insurrection Act, didn't he? He used the Insurrection Act, and, and it was mainly one city. This is occurring in almost all 50 states and mid-sized to big cities everywhere, and it's certainly become more of a federal issue than even the L.A. riots did. And I notice that Obama says, and even locally where I live, the Democrat congressman and all said, they had, she attended these events here, and she, they said, go out and vote. Go out and vote. They're turning in the Democrat rallies, some of these protests. I, again, it's, it's funny how it's always the same solution. It, this is always about politics, because as we noted at the beginning, if this really would be about black lives, you have to go where the numbers are. And, and every weekend in every major city, there are the gang wars. And, and it's gotten so political now that when Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia tried to push an anti-gang legislation – that some local black pastors were supporting um, because they understood, again, it affects their communities more than anywhere else. You have all these political organizations lined up against it, and he couldn't get it passed. Antifa, Andrea Mitchell, defends Antifa. Don Lemon defends Antifa. The media have basically said it's not Antifa, it's white supremacists. What the hell are they talking about? I, see, the, the thing to them is any white person in their mind is a white supremacist, um, and, and, and very insultingly, any African-American in their mind is a criminal, because they're presuming that African-Americans want criminals. Um, so they, in, in their little neat mind, they have everyone pegged based on race rather than judging people as individuals, and, and that really is the central problem here, that Everything is viewed in the prism of race rather than justice for an individual. And in terms of treating people this way and having us at each other's throats, the Democrat Party has spent its entire existence doing exactly that. It is a party that's been built on race. It's a party that's gone to war on race. It is a party that exploits race. And unfortunately, the people who they pretend to represent suffer horribly as a result. Daniel Horowitz, I want to thank you for you. Uh, for your information, my friend. We'll be right back.
All these uh, rioters, these enormously violent people, and their uh, proponents in the media, and I'll explain myself what I mean by that in the first hour at length, and of the leadership of the Democrat Party have utterly rejected Martin Luther King Jr., And Martin Luther King Jr. had every reason to be violent. And he wasn't. He was a big fan and adherent of Gandhi. We celebrate his birthday every year. Well, why do we celebrate his birthday every year? Because what a great hero he was. Massive change in our culture and society as a result of nonviolent protest. And we don't even have Democrat politicians who will condemn the violence. I mean, condemn it, not have a throwaway line. We have media personalities who justify it or excuse it or spin it. Oh, there's a lot of peaceful. We're not talking about the peaceful protests, obviously. So the media reject Martin Luther King. The National Democrats reject Martin Luther King. The inflammatory guests these newsrooms bring on, whether it's Cornell West or others, they reject Martin Luther King, in my opinion. They certainly reject his teachings. And at Lincoln Memorial, where he spoke, the I Have a Dream speech, these rioters desecrated the Lincoln Memorial. And Joe Biden has no prescription. He turned the whole country over to them. You know, my friends, we live in trying times. Being conservatives puts us under great tension. But we're not alone. One group stands out and has for years, AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Members get money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and great monthly magazine filled with content and analysis not available anywhere else. AMAC has your back and mine because as a member, and I am a member... They give you what mainstream media won't, the truth. They have magnificent discounts, magnificent benefits. They are two million constitutional conservatives are members, and they represent you in Washington. Join them today. AMAC.us, that's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Help preserve our principles. Join A-M-A-C, AMAC dot U-S. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is really the morning show for tomorrow and also the show for cable as we are 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern 
And they all listen. They all listen in. That's okay. That's a good thing. Now, when I tell you there are people who hate America, and many of them are reporters, there are people who hate America, and many of them are leaders in the Democrat Party, I'm not kidding. Here's Sarah Sidner, CNN national correspondent on CNN yesterday. Hat tip Newsbusters. By the way, Newsbusters, you're doing a tremendous job. Cut 10, go. I know people see violence and think that people are just taking advantage of the situation, and there may be some people who are. I don't know that every single person is doing this born out of pain, but I can tell you many people are. We've seen it. They don't know what to do with that emotion, so their response, especially young folks, is to lash out. And one of the young folks, we talked to him on your show. You had him on your show. A young man who is from Minneapolis who said, do you see all this damage here? You don't listen to us when we speak, so you listen to us now, don't you? So acting out gets attention. And they know that because the other way hasn't gotten them the attention. It hasn't done anything. It hasn't changed anything. So they're hoping this will. Will it? I don't know. I was in Ferguson in 2014 for three months. We're back here again. Same scenario, just about. There wasn't a gun involved. There was a knee involved. This is a reporter. This is a reporter. She goes into the community when the riot's taking place. Otherwise, she's not there, I guess. And this is what inflames the situation. When I tell you they are celebrating this or defending this or spinning this... That's exactly what they're doing. Here's Jim Acosta while the President of the United States is walking back to the White House from St. John's Church yesterday. Cut 11, go. Mr. President, do you have a word for the... Apart for a photo opportunity. How can you defend that, Mr. Is President? Is this an insurrection, Mr. President? Mr. President, do you have a word for the protesters that were tear gassed so you can make that trip, Mr. President? Mr. President, what are you doing about excessive police use of force? Mr. President, is this still a democracy? This is Acosta. He says you're at a park for a photo opportunity. How can you defend that? Tear gassed so you can make that trip. Is this still a democracy? It's a reporter. It's a reporter. Nicole Hannah-Jones, she's the 1619 Project author who seeks to take down this country with the support of the Holocaust-denying New York Times. Amazing. The mouthpiece for Stalin in the 1930s. With Christiane Amanpour. And this was uh, yesterday. Cut 12, go. The fact that these communities have been preyed upon by predatory lenders. You know, it goes on and on. And so when we when we think about how someone taking an act to take something from some big box name store, um, it is symbolic. That one pair of shoes that you've stolen from... Um, you know, Foot Locker is not going to change your life, but it is a symbolic taking. And so when we... we think oh, I about- see. So the looters, and we've heard from some of them, it's a symbolic taking. That's why they're taking sneakers. It's symbolic. Or she's projecting on top of it that it's some kind of a symbolic taking. You understand? Go ahead. The contract was and who created it. 
It is that if you follow the rules, if you do the right things, then you will be able to access an equal society. And that has never been true for black Americans, and particularly for the lowest income, most segregated black Americans. Well, there you go. America cannot succeed. It's just too free. We need the government to take care of everything. She's a reporter. And a self-described historian in some respects. An author of the 1619 Project. And this is the poison and the swill that your young children are being taught. Now we have laws in this country that have been used by presidents in the past to protect the citizenry. There are not enough police officers in this country when you have massive riots or an insurrection, if you will. There are just not enough police officers to deal with it. And so you need to protect the citizenry and you need to protect the country. Now George H.W. Bush used the Insurrection Act in 1992 to quell the riots related to uh, Rodney King. Other presidents have used them as well. The Insurrection Act. Kamala Harris apparently doesn't know this. I want you to live. These people want to be your leaders, quote-unquote, ladies and gentlemen. She wants to be vice president of the United States. Based on what? I have no idea. But this party is so consumed in the media and the left wing and the culture is so consumed with identity politics that everything is described in this fashion. Everything. Justice, good and evil, right and wrong, liberty and tyranny. It's not the substance. It's the identity. Kamala Harris on CNN yesterday. Cut 14, go. Chris, I think that Donald Trump has combined the worst of George Wallace with Richard Nixon. So let's stop there. Now, she thought that through. Somebody told her to say that. George Wallace, a a segregationist, a Democrat governor of Alabama. When this president has actually pushed for school choice and enterprise zones, has provided more federal subsidies for historically black colleges than Obama ever dreamt of, and so-called criminal justice reform, something I never supported, but nonetheless. And his economic policies prior to this virus drove down unemployment to record numbers we've never seen before all over the country, but especially in minority communities. Does that sound like George Wallace to you? I mean, what kind of inflammatory poison and propaganda is this? They have no governors on their mouths. They have no desire, no desire to cool their propaganda. She's not upset about the riots. She says nothing about the riots. How would she put them down? Well, you know, I'd pass a law. You don't pass a law. Promises of reform. People's lives are in danger. People are being killed. People are being brutalized. We have thousands of stores now that have been looted. It's symbolic, of course. Fires in communities that will never recover. Poor people losing jobs. Small shop owners in these communities, grocery stores, restaurants, clothing stores, gone forever. 
There's a complete disconnect between the elitist left, white, black, Hispanic, whatever you want, however you want to describe, and what actually goes on in the streets in these communities. Or she wouldn't talk this way. She should be saying, as the mayor of Minneapolis and all the rest of them should be saying, help us put this down, protect my people, protect my city, stop these, these, these businesses from burning, they're ruining my city. You don't hear that from these Democrats. Go ahead. Um, You know, when he talks about end it now and then dominate the streets, you know, dominate, it it literally, one iteration of dominate is about supremacy. Supremacy, you see, because Trump is obviously a white supremacist, as is every white person who's not a left-wing Democrat, apparently. Everybody knows what that means. It's actually a typical term that is used, whether it's military, law enforcement. You got to dominate the street. In other words, you got to take back the street from the anarchists. Go ahead. And that's what Donald Trump is about. And let's be clear about it. He has spent full time from the time he ran for president. Let's stop. Why is this about Donald Trump? What does this have to do with Donald Trump? You see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely awful. Donald Trump? His Department of Justice immediately, immediately jumped into this. What has Donald Trump done? So it's Donald Trump, vote Democrat, Biden gives the greatest speech... Obviously, these kids, quote-unquote, who are stealing shoes, they don't need the shoes. It's just symbolic. That's all. Go ahead. In office, full-time trying to sow hate and division among That's enough. I've had it with her. Yeah, we remember the Kavanaugh hearings and you. And we remember what you said about Biden. We'll never forget that. Kamala Harris has built her career on hate speech on division, on identity politics. And that's why I have felt from day one, and I've told you Levinites out there, that she will be Biden's pick. If not, so be it. If not, so be it. But she is an inflammatory propagandist. That's exactly what she is. Now, over there in New York, I love New York. I got my start on WABC. I love the NYPD. It kills me to see what's going on there. Just drives me nuts. Because you know with a competent mayor, like a Giuliani, even a Bloomberg if he'd been there, this wouldn't be going on right now. This would not be going on. Even Cuomo. Mr. Shoved the coronavirus-positive-tested individuals into their nursing homes. Even he's criticizing the mayor saying, What do you want me to do, Mayor? Take over your city and send in the National Guard? Well, Cuomo, you may have to do it. Whether Fredo Cuomo, your brother, and his network like it or not. Here's Cuomo. Cut 15. Go. The NYPD and the mayor did not do their job last night. All right, let's let's stop right there. The NYPD is controlled by the mayor, Governor. 
They're controlled by their... What do you mean they didn't do their job last night? You don't let them do their damn job. They're sitting ducks the way they're standing there. They take bricks, Molotov cocktails, frozen bottles of water, whatever these miscreants and malcontents throw at them. Oh, excuse me, peaceful protesters. Who are just doing symbolic stuff. But the mayor, DeCamio, whose daughter was arrested as one of the quote-unquote protesters. He's endangering the lives of the cops, endangering the lives of the citizenry, and his city is burning. You like the Macy parade on Thanksgiving? Well, guess what? They looted Macy's. They defaced Macy's. The World War II Memorial in Washington, the Lincoln Memorial in Washington. The memorial in Boston honoring the black soldiers in the Civil War. They desecrated that. Oh, and again, even though I spent a lot of time on it in this broadcast, Mediaite says nothing even though they monitor this show. Media Matters said nothing even though they monitor this show. The Huffington Post, same thing. The Daily Beast, same thing. ProPublica, same thing. New York Times, I pointed out the anti-Semitic acts of these peaceful protesters desecrating synagogues, attacking kosher food stores with their outrageous comments, and this is happening all over the country, and they haven't reported a damn thing. Why is that? Now, because it's symbolic, don't you know? It's symbolic. MSNBC has said nothing about this. CNN has said nothing about it. Wolf Blitzer's Jewish. Jake Tapper's Jewish. Dana Bash is Jewish. They've said nothing. Andrea Mitchell's Jewish. Says nothing. So what? Just the Jews. These are righteous protesters. Peaceful. And the rioters, well, symbolic. What are you going to do? Trump dictator. Doesn't believe in democracy anymore. He's going to use the Insurrection Act like George H.W. Bush. Yes, Acosta, you are the enemy of the people. You are a punk. You're a punk. There were punks like you in college and law school. That's all you are. A stupid, ignorant punk, as are so many of your colleagues. And you beat your chest about how you represent the press. And you're part of the problem. You inflame people. You divide people. You upset people. You turn people against people. Jeff Zucker, who runs that, that poisonous operation, wants to be mayor of New York City. Mayor New- and AT&T owns the whole operation. I don't see any of their buildings burning down. MSNBC, same damn thing. And they bring in the most radical, divisive, inflammatory guests they possibly can. You had this guy, Cornell West. He was on CNN. He was on Fox. Why is he such a, an important get? Because he's inflammatory. That's why. There's so many people you can choose from who can inform and educate. But it's about ratings. I'll be right back. 
Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. When you have the Democrat Party in the media rooting for, quote-unquote, the peaceful protesters, and then as a quick aside, well, you know, the rioters. But anyway, the peaceful protesters. When you have the intelligentsia, such as it is, excited, celebrating, this is our moment. When you have key figures in the culture, like a LeBron James, and he's not alone, Steph Curry, people like that. Who say this is all justified, this is all defensible. That this was all triggered. This is what we're up against. So the question is this. And it will come to a head in the November election. And the Democrats know it. That's why they keep saying to all these people, just vote, just vote, just vote. And they do vote. And the vast majority vote Democrat, and they're stuck. The vast majority of those who make the most outrageous posts on social media are Democrats. And the Democrats will not denounce in one strong voice. I read to you what Schumer and Pelosi said. They spent the whole time attacking Trump. The violence. We're going to find out in this election if there's more people who love this country than there are people who hate this country. We're going to find out in short order. Because let me tell you something. That's exactly what this election is coming down to. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show. The pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. Now, what's not being talked about, and I've touched on it a couple of weeks ago with respect to the virus. I touched on it last week. I touched on it, I guess it was Monday, yesterday. I'm going to touch on this again. These metropolitan areas will never be the same. They will never be as vibrant. They will never be as diverse. They will never be as populated ever again. First, it was the virus. But now it's this. And if people have the ability to get jobs outside these metropolitan areas or outside of these blue states or to otherwise retire outside of these places, they're going to. People are going to speak with their feet. I've been talking about this to you, about the depopulization of these cities. That's what's going to happen. That is, the people who can leave. So what you're going to see is that these cities are going to become more economically segregated. They're going to become more racially segregated. So exactly the opposite of what the media, these radical professors, and the Democrat Party say they care about. They're going to cause Nobody wants to live in a violent neighborhood. Nobody wants to live in a neighborhood that with a drop of a match can change everything. Nobody. Black, white, yellow, red, brown. Nobody wants to live in a neighborhood like that. Dysfunctional cities, dysfunctional politicians, propagandists and demagogues. People have been voting Democrat for half a century in these cities. People have elected people of their own ethnicity and race in these cities. But it doesn't change. Because they embrace corruption and they embrace, effectively, socialism. They never embrace liberty, opportunity, wealth creation. Because for the left, which now owns the Democrat Party, that's not what they're about. They're about power, centralization, and control. So you have to have all these boogeymen out there. And that's what's going to happen. So what's going to happen in these cities is that they're going to become worse places to live, not better places to live. Less diverse. Less economically sustainable. Less tax revenue. That's what's going to happen to these cities. And nobody with any sense is, want to, is going to want to pour capital in these neighborhoods. Small people, I mean uh, small businesses. Why would you go there when you can go somewhere else? And at the same time, the innocent citizens are disarmed. 
guy has to take out a sword, or they have to run out on the street. One guy runs out on the street to defend his wife, who's being beaten to death, and then they they almost beat him to death. Another guy's trying to protect his business. He pulls out a sword, probably hanging on his wall. They beat him within an inch of his life. Nobody wants that. Why would you choose that? Particularly when the establishment left, let's face it, they're they're the ones who try to run this country and often do. When the establishment left makes excuses for it. They have no sympathy for any of the victims in this looting and arson and rioting. They keep making excuses. You have a putative Democrat nominee for President Joe Biden who will not provide a prescription for how he would stop the looting, the mugging, the killing, the burning, and he has no intention of it. He just talks about, we got to have reforms here. we got to have unity. And then attacks Trump. That's his answer. That's the fix. In other words, there is no fix. There was actually significant progress being made in many of these communities prior to the virus. Employment. Capital resources being focused into this community by the administration. School choice to give opportunities, which the Democrats reject completely. To poor kids in poor neighborhoods with lousy schools. There was progress being made. And it all went up in flames. It all went up in flames. And I don't care what legislation Mitch McConnell pushes for. Now he wants some kind of national police reform legislation. He doesn't even know what he wants. They've got to figure out something. They think that'll quell the people. Whatever. It'll change it. Not a damn thing. As a result of Antifa, as a result of the peaceful protesters, as a result of the Democrats who run these communities, minorities and white, as a result of the national Democrats who reject the idea of putting down an insurrection, these communities are going to be on life support. You think it was bad before? And as I said at the top of the program, who the hell is going to want to be a cop in any of these city police departments? Who the hell is going to want to be a cop in any of these city police departments? Very few people. These are very brave men and women. It's called the thin blue line. It's thin. And once that's breached, there is no blue line. You either defend yourself and or you bring in the United States military. That's it. And this is among the reasons many of us embrace firmly the Second Amendment. And fight these politicians in our states, who want to destroy the Second Amendment. Not because we want to shoot people. We're not shooting people. But we have families too. And we have homes. We're not even talking about storefronts. We have homes. And we intend to protect them. Nobody's going to lay a finger on my family. 
Nobody. That is first and foremost why that Second Amendment is there. For law-abiding people. When the police can't respond to your 911 call. And you look all over these cities where these citizens who are stuck in these streets while the rioting goes on and the noise every night. Can you imagine? Outsiders coming in. Criminals from within. College students coming in. The peaceful protesters. And then they go home. It's okay. CNN says it's okay. MSNBC says it's okay. Professor fill in the blank from Ivy League school blank thinks it's it's okay. In fact, it's necessary for change, you see. We must destroy ourselves in order to redeem ourselves. So we must destroy these black communities and these minority communities. You see, we must destroy them, is the thinking, in order to fix them. We must destroy all law enforcement. We must paint with a broad brush, smear them, character assassinate them, Beat them in the submission in order to prove a point. The left is very dangerous. The Democrat Party is very dangerous. They never talk about liberty. They never talk about law and order. They never talk about the civil society. The 1619 Project is all intended to destroy the nation from within. From a New York Times, which shouldn't be in business anymore, given its conduct during the Holocaust and its conduct during the starvation of the Ukrainians under Stalin. Don't turn to the New York Times for news. Don't turn to the New York Times opinion pages for civil liberties, discussions about civil rights. This is a newspaper that was largely silent when six million European Jews were sent to the gas chambers. This was a newspaper who actually hired as their quote-unquote iconic reporter, their correspondent, Walter Durandi, in Moscow, who was a propagandist for Joseph Stalin, who was killing 20 million people. The New York Times. Washington Post was silent during the Holocaust, too, for the most part. This is your media. They pretend Antifa doesn't exist. They want to keep emphasizing the peaceful protests. Well, if they're peaceful protests, we wouldn't be having any problems here, would we, ladies and gentlemen? People wouldn't be killed. Police officers wouldn't be maimed. Innocent people wouldn't be maimed. And I want to remind Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, and I want to remind Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi And I want to remind all the so-called news correspondents and the professors. I want to remind them of what's truly taking place in our streets. Because they haven't heard this and they're not going to play this. Cut 13, Mr. Producer. 13, go. I hope you all know what the f*** you did. (laughs) My sister is gone and it's not from a car. Because 
What do you say, Joe Biden? What do you say, Jim Acosta? What do you say, Andrea Mitchell? I say trigger the Insurrection Act and put an end to this. Before it gets worse. Right now, the whole country is not engaged in the violence. But that day could come, given the breakdown of the barriers, the breakdown of the civil society, the overrunning of the police departments, the media celebrating violence, or at least not doing anything to quell it with inflammatory political reporters and guests. Put this insurrection down. Now. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I don't know if people have noticed, but the sale of firearms and ammo is through the roof. Massively through the roof. Massive sales of firearms and ammunition. The media understand this, and they still inflame the situation. They still lie and spin and celebrate. The Democrat leadership, I'm convinced, would just as soon burn the country down if it means they can take control. The silence or the diversionary tactics or the downplaying what's going on here by Biden and by every leading Democrat in Washington, D.C. is is so shocking. Nation, you need to understand this. They have no intention of protecting the people of this country, let alone the people in these cities. None. Blindster.com, promo code MARK. In three months, six million guns have been sold. Six million. More than 1.7 million guns were sold in May 2020. In May alone. According to an analysis by Small Arms Analytics and Forecasting. That is an all-time record for the month. And an 80% increase from 2019. And the spike in sales comes as rioting grips the nation. I'm reading from uh, Free Beacon. As rioting 
grips the nation and the coronavirus continues to dominate headlines. Jurgen Brower, the group's chief economist, called the trend unprecedented. He said firearm sales have surged in unprecedented ways. The boom in handgun sales has been particularly noticeable in recent months. Our recent survey of firearm retailers shows us that 40% of these gun buyers are buying a firearm for the first time. Of those first-time gun owners, 40% are women. And these buyers are overwhelmingly purchasing handguns for personal protection. So what else has happened as a result of these riots? Massive support for the Second Amendment. Look at all the unintended consequences of this violence. The final nail in the coffin of these cities, it's horrible. What will be the depopulation of these cities? The poor people in these communities will have even a tougher time. The Second Amendment today, as I speak, is probably the most popular amendment of all the Bill of Rights. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God be with you. God bless you. We support you. And be as safe as you can. I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.